This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour. Back again with you guys for another show, for another episode of our Raw Reaction series and specifically the Arsenal Transfer Show. Every single morning at 8am UK time, keeping you guys up to date with all of the happenings, all of the ongoings regarding Arsenal and their transfers. Trying to make sense of the chaos and get your thoughts and feelings too in our chat box. If you're new to the show, first of all, welcome. But secondly, please drop a massive hit on that subscribe button and then followed by... Even if you aren't new, a hit on the like button as well to show your appreciation for the show. If you'd like to help support us, you can by voting for us in the Football Content Awards. You just need to go to Twitter and tweet out. I am voting for at the Talk TV in at the underscore FCAs for hashtag best club creator. If you don't have Twitter, there's more information in the description of how you can go and vote. And you can also support the channel by, of course, joining up as a member as well, getting access to exclusive content and the chance to come on the show too, as you will see a little bit later on today. It is, of course, Tuesday, which means it is the Arsenal Transfer Podcast Day, 5pm UK time. Be joined by some of the members from our Discord server, some of them making their debuts as well, which I'm absolutely buzzing to see. Without further ado, let's crack on with today's news stories. And we do indeed start off with some interesting stuff about the Arsenal youth setup. Before we go into the main news, I should tell you that yesterday we did indeed put out a show all around the Arsenal youth team on the likes of Charlie Patino, uh, following Balogun, Miguel Aziz, Mika Biref, and lots, lots more. With the help of Kev from Next Generation Arsenal, I'm sure plenty of you follow on the socials anyway at Scouting Indoors. Really good chat with Kev about everything. And he'll be joining us every single month to give us a monthly update on how the kids are getting on, how the likes of Aziz, etc., are getting on, how BRF is transitioning to the Arsenal first team. But we are seeing some youth players leave the club, and one of them is Harry Clark, who has joined Ross County on loan for the rest of the season. Very highly rated defender, did really well, I thought, in his pre-season audition against Hibernian and has now stayed in Scotland, of course. And he will have a valuable year away from the club with much value to increase and maybe even a spot in the Arsenal team in the future to try and secure. 
Talking of possible outs, though, there are seven players that the Express are saying that Arsenal have added officially to their transfer list. We've got Sarah Kalas now, James Dimitri-Niles, Reese Nelson, Hector Bellerin, Eddie Nketiah, Lucas Torreira and Willian all could leave the window, or rather leave before the end of the window, for Arsenal. For the ones that we know of certain interest, Kalasnach has links to Turkey. Maitland-Niles has been linked to the likes of Leicester Southampton as well. Reese Nelson has been linked with a move to Brentford. Brighton previously, although that was denied by Andy Naylor. And Crystal Palace, of course, interested in him too. Inter Milan's links to Hector Bellerin continue to go on with the links with Lautaro Martinez. That one is certainly one that needs resolving. Eddie Nketiah is yet to see a real suitor come in for him, but he's having a very impressive preseason and maybe can raise his value or even convince Arteta that he needs to stay should Arsenal not end up moving for a striker. Lucas Torreira, we'll talk about him in a second. And Willian does not look like budging whatsoever. Speaking of Lucas Torreira, though, an interesting image uh, was published yesterday on his Instagram, where he was shown to be traveling to Spain. Now, there is no reports about any interest from any Spanish clubs that we're that we're aware of right now. And he's also meant to be returning to Arsenal for training, if not this week or next week, but very soon. So the fact that there's a trip going to Spain is very interesting. Maybe, and this is only a maybe, he's going from Uruguay to Spain. And so maybe it's a fair a route between one country to another before flying back to the UK. It may be that, but we don't know the reason as to specific as to why he is traveling to Spain, but he is in or en route and has probably arrived there now already. So certainly one to keep your eyes peeled too. Regarding possible ins, though, Martin Odegaard once again being linked with a move to Arsenal as per, like our, uh, our Newton's cradle of going back and forth with this story. Uh, reports from Spain emerged yesterday that it's gone the other way once again and that they are looking to indeed move on at the Norwegian international and that he could be joining Arsenal this summer with them being the favourites for his signature. But as we know, teams like Chelsea and Liverpool were also credited with interest in the player this summer. Again, I'd be surprised to see him stay at Real Madrid after all the talk, whether he ends up at Arsenal, we'll wait and see. But if it is any kind of number 10 that Arsenal go for this summer, he is still my pick for the one to be the most likely to happen. Guido Rodriguez was linked previously to Arsenal in this window, but has now seen links to Liverpool start to emerge yesterday. Liverpool are, of course, in the market for a central midfielder with Sal Niguez, another player that has been linked. But Guido Rodriguez was linked to Arsenal earlier in the window, but they are now supposedly looking at him maybe moving to Merseyside with a bid of around €30 million, Euros, all that it would take to bring him in, a player with an €80 million Euro buyout clause right now at Real Betis and had a very good Copper America playing, uh, starting four times, I think it was, for Argentina as they went on to win the competition. Uh, very impressive central midfielder, 27 years of age, and would certainly add plenty of quality to any team that he joined, and maybe that will now be Liverpool. Mateus Pereira, as you've probably seen yesterday, had to come out onto social media and say that he basically <laughs> disagrees with his manager's words about his questions of commitment. However, did in the statement confirm that he has received offers and some life-changing offers at that. A lot of people would like to see Arsenal be one of those interested parties. But if Arsenal did ever want to sign Mateus Pereira as one of their attacking midfield options, the time is seemingly running out and a move for the Brazilian will intend to happen very soon based upon his words, especially considering he doesn't have necessarily the loyalties to the club anymore after that statement and so should push ahead with a move when uh, possible. But Arsenal, unfortunately, 
I don't think are going to be that club, even though I would certainly be open to them having tried uh, to take to bring in, or rather, the Mateus Pereira that we've seen last season excel with 11 goals in the Premier League. We move on to Lazaro Martinez. And uh, as we expected, as soon as the news regarding Harry Kane refusing to turn up to Tottenham training, ha-ha, um, has happened, we have obviously seen, therefore, links with Spurs rivaling Arsenal for the Argentinian signature, seen as a possible replacement for Kane. And so if Arsenal want to deal for Lautaro Martinez, they may have to step up and accelerate those plans in order to usurp any idea of Spurs getting in there ahead of them should Kane leave for Manchester City, which appears now more increasingly likely to happen. But the longer this saga goes on, the happier I will be. Anything to disrupt those guys down the road is always a welcome bit of news. But unsurprisingly, Spurs linked with a move for Arsenal target Lautaro Martinez as a replacement for Harry. Kane. James Madison has been spoken about uh, indirectly by Brendan Rodgers when asked about possible players that could leave the club this summer. He said the players want to stay. It's a really exciting time at the club. There's lots of gossip and speculation around, but I'm loving working with the guys here. They love being here and we certainly have no need to sell. So I would suspect we're looking to keep our best players. Now, this is still obviously nothing directly mentioning Madison by name. Um, but he was asked about specific players like Madison and how they will fit into his plans next season and if they could leave. Yuri Tielemans is another player at Leicester that has been linked with a move away from the club, as has Wilfred Ndidi as well. And so, therefore, when he spoke about these players in general, he was definitely still speaking about James Madison. We heard from Rob Tanner in our breakdown specifically of James Madison that uh, they would usually let go of kind of one big player every summer, but Brendan Rodgers saying that they do not need to sell. I still thought this would be a very big surprise to see Arsenal go in and buy James Madison for a figure reported to be around £70 million to even start negotiations. It would be shocking to see it happen. I don't think it will happen. I think Arsenal will, if they do intend on getting an attacking midfielder, go for a rather cheaper option than him. Our final story of the day uh, is about this man, uh, Marco Asensio. It is... Quite poetic that days after I post an exclusive interview with the other main kind of, you know, affectionate player of the channel, Dominic Zobosly, that we see a link with the original, the OG uh, <laughs> affection that I have for footballers around the world. And Marco Asensio, for those that have been watching the show for a number of years, will know how much I really genuinely liked Marco Asensio to the point where when he was on loan at Espanyol from Real Madrid, I got his shirt. That's how much I really genuinely liked Marco Asensio and, and, you know, discovering how good he really is. Now, Fajares, a Spanish outlet, has reported that Real Madrid will be looking for a €40 million Euro fee for Marco Asensio. He's now 25 years of age. Um, he's not... Right, OK, let's, let's, let's be objective. Let's remove emotion and attachment from this link and talk about this objectively. Would this be a good signing? I don't think this would be anywhere close to as good of a signing as plenty of others out there. Despite everything I say about Asensio and how much I like Asensio and how much I would love to see him in an Arsenal shirt, I don't think it is the right move for Arsenal this summer. He can play as a 10, which is great, but typically has tended to play in wider areas for Real Madrid and Spain as well. Maybe if he was shifted back to that kind of number 10 role, which is what he played 
at Espanyol when he was on loan and got a bucket load of assists. It's where he really made his name when he was there. Obviously, he came from Mallorca originally, but he got a bucket load of assists for Espanyol and scored a few goals. And Muni has scored a fair few amazing goals. There's a, a great compilation of the goals that Asensio has scored. Scored in a Champions League final as well for Real Madrid and won that during the years that he's been there. But he hasn't been able to necessarily push on. He suffered a big, big knee injury, which kept him out for pretty much the entirety of the 1920 season. He came back towards the end because, thankfully, the, that season for him was extended. And he scored on the first game that he had back that year. But last season, he scored something like four or five goals and, and got like one or two assists in 35 games. I mean, to be fair, there were a lot of sub-appearances. I think he averaged around 53 minutes per game of those 35. So it's not really 35 full appearances. But it, I don't describe him as a winger. I think anyone who thinks he's a winger, is just he's, that's not his position. He's played in wider areas mainly, but he's not a winger. Um, he's certainly more of kind of your inside creative midfielder that plays. Like when Emil Smith-Rowe plays in the wider areas, Smith-Rowe isn't a winger when he plays in those wide areas. And it's the same for Asensio. He's, he's not a winger. Same for Buendia. Buendia plays on the right for Norwich and I imagine will play uh, probably on the right for, for uh, Aston Villa. Maybe we'll play at 10. But Buendia isn't a winger, even though he's playing on the right. And it's the same kind of situation for Asensio. I think that he really would work as a number 10 somewhere. I just I just don't know. I just don't know if 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 it would work at Arsenal. I feel like a move away from Real Madrid is absolutely absolutely necessary for him to improve, absolutely necessary for him to kind of get back to where he is um and where he needs to be and that's playing week in week out kind of as a, an integral cog in the machine of a team. I think a move to a club like Sevilla a move to a club of Villarreal uh, would really suit him. A move to the Bundesliga, actually, I think would be really good to see as well for Asensio and would really work out there. To the Premier League, though, and to Arsenal, I mean, I wouldn't play him over Emil Smith-Rowe right now. That's that's for sure. And that probably tells you how highly I rate um, Emil Smith-Rowe. But yeah, not a winger. Wouldn't even call him an inverted winger. I wouldn't even call him anything kind of that. He's just, you know, he's a wide player that plays very much inside. Because um, if you think about inverted wingers, you're looking more at your right-footed left wingers, your left-footed right wingers. They're your inverted wingers. Your Reberys, your Robins. They like to cut in on their strong foot. Your Nicola Pepe's. He's just a he's just an attacking midfielder that can play in a wider position. Is is all he is. There's not necessarily a specific name for them. I just think for me anyway, that he's someone that would play, if we were to sign him, hopefully anyway, as that number 10. And then you'd move Smith-Rowe into that kind of wide attacking midfield role, um, left cam, right, right attacking midfield, left attacking midfield, as you see. Um, so, yeah, that's that's probably what I would look for if I was to sign him, if I was to play him. Uh, but, yeah, it's <laughs> I could talk about him for days and I won't bore you, um, but I just don't think he's the right move for Arsenal, personally. Anyway, that completes all of the news for today, which means we do then move on to our final part of the show, which is getting your thoughts, your feelings, and your questions in the chat box. Now, there are over 600 of you watching live, so I can't promise that I'll get to all of your questions, but please do keep throwing them into the chat box without spamming, and I'll try and get to as many as I feasibly can. 
Uh, and if you could drop a like on the video as well, I would genuinely really appreciate it. Uh, Jashar says, Tom, Asensio, can he play in goal or as a centre mid? Yeah, we do need those two. Don't he's not an eight, like he's not going to play as an eight. And I know that your question was tongue in cheek, but even if you say, I, I believe in Will Smith Rowe playing as more of an eight in a 4 3 3, same to how kind of Joe Willock has played as an eight in a 4 3 3, more so than playing Asensio there. I don't think that really works to be honest uh vuk says uh, we must know that at the moment we have 17 non-homegrown players including the likes of class match and terrera amongst them we cannot register any well we can register more we just don't register terrera and class um we need to move some out if we want to buy we do need to move some out anyway and of course you're 100 right if we want to register everyone we'd have to move some out but we don't have to register class match and terrera we could still bring players in but i agree with you we definitely need to sell before we buy. Venkatesh says, Tom, I still remember Asensio's first go after his comeback. Mendy assist rocketed at Asensio and somehow he managed to pull off and score. But yeah, the volley was just... Oh, that man, he's just... He's got such a strike on him. I'd love him. If, if he if he if signed for Arsenal, it would be a nostalgic, great moment. But I just don't think it's smart. I just don't think it's a smart bit of business. Uh, Assassin says, Tom, do you feel that we got it horribly wrong in the transfer market? No signing players when we should have. Uh, after the performance on Sunday, do you feel confident going into this season? Uh, Assassin, I'll give you a solid answer on that as we go into the game against Brentford. There's still a week and a bit to make signs and to get stuff done before the season starts. So I'll give you a better answer there. But right now, I am definitely concerned. Drew says, do you think that the nationality of the current coach appeals to players? Wenger used to sign a lot of French players. Do you think that could happen with Arteta and Asensio as well? Um, I'm not sure. I think obviously with Wenger, he brought in French players right at the beginning of his reign and signed Vieira's and uh, Remy Guards and then Thierry Omri's. Ironically, both Vieira and, and Omri coming from Italy. Um, but I'm not sure if that's going to be the same with... Uh, I'm not sure that's going to be the same with, with Arteta. I mean, if you think about Pep Guardiola at Manchester City, the Spaniards that he's brought in, Ferran Torres, Rodri... Um, I'm trying to think of any more off the top of my head and I'm struggling. Uh, obviously, you'd say Laporte is now Spanish. Uh, he associates as Spanish and obviously was French when he was brought in. David Silva was already there, so that doesn't really count. Um, but he's, I mean, he's only signed a few. Um, if, if that, Spaniards in the team, he's not signed loads. So I don't necessarily think it's, it's like that as much anymore. And I'm not necessarily thinking that Arteta would appeal to Spaniards. The thing about Arteta is he's multilingual. He speaks so many languages as well, which helps, of course. But he, the thing about Arteta is now he needs reputation. He needs to win stuff. He needs to get some trophies. He needs to get proven that he's in the top four, which I don't know if it's going to happen. I mean, it's such a tough situation to find yourself in. And I don't think he's an attractive coach necessarily as a pull for players at all. I don't think we have that with, with Arteta whatsoever. Everton certainly had it with Carlo Ancelotti. James Rodriguez, I don't think, would have ever signed for Everton if, if it weren't for Carlo Ancelotti being there. Alan maybe as well from Napoli going there. So I'm not sure that that's the same kind of situation. Rafa Benitez, I think, would hold some clout with players, but I don't think Arteta has that same kind of, uh, you know, pull that other players certainly do. Um, Steph says, Tom, do you think the club will get Basuma as Partey's replacement since they view him as kind of an attacking midfield, similar players? And also we sold the wrong goalkeeper. Leno can't play out from the bat. Martinez good. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to disagree with the Martinez argument. It's not even an argument anymore, is it? Um, will we buy Basuma? 
you know, I, 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 I'd like us to. I'd like us to sign him. I'd like us to sign him. I'd like us to sign Bruno Guimaraes, which, by the way, we done a dedicated show on Bruno Guimaraes yesterday, if you want to check that out. Um, I just can't see it. I just, I just can't see it happen. I don't know who we're going for right now because it's so vague. It's so vague. Like the, the Erdogan situation's vague. Madison's very quiet. Um, the striker department with Abraham and Latana Martinez. We're sitting here and we're talking about links, but it's so quiet. Like there's nothing really. There's nothing tangible. We heard from David Ormstein about Latara Martinez's interest and and James McNicholas as well. But it was nothing tangible beyond interest and an inquiry. That was it. There's nothing about bids. There's nothing proactively publicly anyway happening right now. And, and that's obviously a really tricky situation for us to be in. Uh, James says, not a question, but a realisation this is going to be a terrible season. Worse squad than last year, so top six cannot be a top... Worse squad than last year? Why is it worse than last year? I... We haven't sold anyone. <laughs> We've brought players. How can it be worse? <laughs> make any sense, James? It's it's not worse than last year. I think there are teams around the league that are going to get better than they were last year. The Man United are definitely an example of that. But I don't think you could say that our squad's worse than last year, especially when players like Saka and Will Smith, Rowe, Martinelli have got a year older and a year better. So, no, I don't think it's a worse squad at all. Uh, Tears of Discuss says, I'm not joking, but I honestly think Arteta and Edu will try, uh, will they try to sell Xhaka and Willock as new signings in the midfield to us? Why would Xhaka be a new signing? I don't know why Xhaka would be a new signing. I get the idea of Willock being a bit of a new signing, but Xhaka will certainly not be a new signing. And I don't think it could ever be sold as a new signing. He was a starter last season, so it's it's not the same. Joe Willock, though, is you know he's is a new element to the team after that six month loan. Maybe something interesting can be done with him this season. Uh, Venkatesh says, "What is the situation with Erdogan? Why would Real Madrid want to sell him? They have enough sellable assets on there. The likes of you, Luka Jovic, and Hazard's proved to be a disaster. They might want to keep." A future player. Benkatesh, at the end of the day, same situation as us. Players, it's difficult to move on. They're not going to easily be able to sell some of those sellable assets that you've mentioned there. We have lots of sellable assets. Like you think you'd be able to get a decent figure for Bellerin, get a decent figure for Torreira, for Nketiah, for Nelson in the English market. But we're struggling. And it's the same thing with them. They need to sell because they need to make money. They need to get players off their wage bill, the same as Barcelona do. And that's why they need to sell. So that's why they might sell Martin Odegaard. And Odegaard's kind of social situation where he just doesn't seem too, you know, doesn't seem too interested. Um, like he's not fully committed. Uh, so like really saying, yeah, 100% I want to be at Real Madrid. I'm going to fight for my place. There is still kind of that lingering Arsenal association, it seems anyway, with he. Uh, Reggie says, Tom, there's so many anti-Arteta people that I'm thinking about Arteta becoming Arteta's lawyer because everyone's entitled to a good defence. Um, look, at the end of the day, everybody that's an Arsenal fan, you would hope, that 99% of them anyway, want Arsenal to succeed. And whilst I'm sure a large percentage of the people that want Arteta to go still want to want to see him succeed. There might be a, a stupid few that want him to fail just so he goes. But you'd hope that the majority of people want us to succeed so that, I mean, I do. I thought Arteta should have gone at the end of last season, but I would nothing want nothing more than for him to turn it around. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's, there's so many outs because they want to see Arsenal in a place which, you know, is probably not realistic right now. But what is realistic is better than eighth. That, that is a, a realistic target for Arsenal, that's for sure. Um, Steph says, Tom, some of these people are saying that Emery had better players than Mikel. 
has players that are past their prime but don't look motivated or hungry to be there and they're just here for a paycheck. Um, I think that the Emery had a better squad argument is I think there's there's elements of truth to it. You had younger players like Lacazette and Aubameyang more so in their prime and and they've dropped off a bit in their form under Arteta, whether that's down to him or, or them individually. It's, it's, it's tricky to kind of pinpoint, but we've lacked chance creation under Arteta, so that certainly has some weight to it. Um, I, I don't think it's... It's a bit of a silly argument in the day because it doesn't matter. Um, what matters is the here and now and the present and we need to be worrying about what we are doing with what we got, not looking back over past mistakes. I mean, signing, appointing Emery was a mistake. It looks like it could be that appointing Arteta after Emery was was another mistake. So it's, it doesn't matter. It just matters what the present is and how we're going to turn around this situation. Uh, Akin says, uh, Tom, what do you think of Thomas Suchek? Yeah, he's a great player. I would love him. Won't, won't get him. Um, <laughs> absolutely would be a step up from Elneny for sure, but it'll be a really expensive player from West Ham and I don't think that they would sell. Um, but yeah, absolutely would take him. Uh, Adam says, Tom, what are the odds of us signing a right back now? Do you think Samuel Lukonga will start in many matches? Uh, I think the odds of us signing a right back are only going to happen if we sell Bellerin. And Samuel Lukonga should start next to Granite Xhaka on the opening day as our midfield two, unless we sign someone, in which case he should start next to them. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, Danny says, good morning, Tom. Great content as per. Uh, hit the like button, people. Thank you so much, mate. Really appreciate that. Chris says, how much would you take for a Bamiyang if someone comes in? 25? 25? Mil? 25 mil? Probably about 20, 20 to 25 mil. He's 32. He's got two years left in his deal. He's completely out of form, and we need to move out a striker if we want to bring one in. So, yeah. 25 mil-ish, maybe. I think that's probably about right. So there you go. Uh, SJ says, uh, what formation do you think Arsenal will be playing in? Also, what pairing in the midfield would you like to see against Brentford? I think that we'll still be playing the 4-2-3-1. I think that's very much how we're going to want to move. Uh, and I think the midfield pairing will probably be Xhaka and Sambi Lukonga, if Partey is indeed not fit. I was asleep, by the way, when that tweet from his agent, is it, uh, that tweeted out yesterday about kind of on the road to recovery that caused the meltdown. Thank you to the few people that did send me that in the morning. And it was in our Discord server as well. I didn't see the meltdown. I was asleep, get the early nights in to get up to prepare the early shows. But, uh, you know, it's he'll come back when, we, when he comes back and we'll find out from legit sources when he's going to come back. We'll wait and see. But at the moment, it doesn't look like he's going to be ready for the start of the season, which sucks because he, you know, he's arguably our best player. So, yeah, it's, it's it really sucks. And Neil DeSoto says, Tom Arteta said he has full support from the owners. He said that he will be ruthless. Now he says that he will try to play with what he's got and that doesn't add up. He has to say what he says in press conferences. I wouldn't read too much into those comments, to be honest. He, he says what he's got to say. It's diplomatic. Um, he's improving in being a bit of a diplomat in press conferences. So I wouldn't take anything what he says as gospel. It's it's the way of a, a manager as they speak, to be coy and to not say stuff. So there you go. Uh, Venkatesh says, could we see Xhaka as a squad player like holding if we sign someone like a Bruno? Giving him a contract would even preserve their value if they want to leave due to the lack of game time. Is that the plan? I, I genuinely don't know what we're doing with our central midfield. If we're giving Granit Xhaka a new deal, then I don't know how that affects us signing someone. I don't think it completely rules it out, but it, I can't see Xhaka really being keen on being a bit of a squad player, to be honest, and signing a new deal for that purpose. So that's, that's kind of the indication that 
you would think that we're not really pushing hard for a central midfielder if Granit Xhaka stays. Rich Cosford says, uh, Tom, would you take Jesus from Man City as a replacement for Lacazette? Or how about Isco uh, from Real Madrid if we don't want to spend that amount of money? I wouldn't take Isco. I would take Gabriel as a uh, Jesus. Absolutely. Young player, 24, 25. Uh, I don't think he's been given the necessary amount of chances at Man City, but he's a clinical finisher. He's technically brilliant. And yeah, I would absolutely take Jesus. I think if you give Jesus the kind of the... Um, the prerogative to be the main number one striker for a team, I think he'd flourish. So, yeah, I would take Gabriel Jesus, and I certainly would have him as a central striker for Arsenal without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, Steph um, says, Tom, if you were uh, if you were the manager or Edu, what would your team look like at the end of the summer? Oh, mate, that's a tough question. Um, Probably Onana in goal, uh, Aaron's at right back, White and Gabriel, uh, Tierney, uh, Partey if he was fit, if not, Lukonga and Bruno Gimaraes, uh, Smith Rowe, Pepe, Saka, and I lean towards Lacazette right now based upon Aubameyang's form. Um, but if we were going to sign a striker, then Martinez. But you're never going to sign all those players this summer. It's just not going to happen. Right? <laughs> but if I was them, that's what I'd do. So there you go. Scroll down some more. Roland says, Abamyang is not happy with Arteta anymore. His management is not good enough. Gary Mullen says, the amount of positions we still need to sort out this late in the window is shocking. Uh, Guna72 says, Conte in if he was available and we were looking for a manager. Absolutely. Nicholas says, thoughts on a surprise transfer for the Maxence Kakare uh, to play in the double pivot with Partey or as a box-to-box and a 4-3-3. Personally, my favourite midfielder in that Lyon midfield. Fair enough. I mean... Odds of it happening, very low. Uh, he's he's definitely highly rated in Leon. I think they want to keep him more they do than Awar or Gimaraes. So I can't see them letting him go very easily. Um, so I, I doubt it. But I, I like him a lot. And he's, he's really appreciated by a lot of people who do watch uh, French football. So, yeah, one to keep an eye on for the future. Uh, Alan says, Tom, do you think we st- uh, will have a new cam centre mid, right back and goalkeeper? Or do you think we keep Torreira Bellerin and leave out sentiment and right back? I'm not going to tell you which positions I think we will have signed for. I'm going to tell you, as I've said previously, that I think by the end of the window, we'll have three more players in. That's my prediction. I may be wrong. It's just my prediction. Three players is what I'm going for. If you think I'm right, tell me. If you think you've got a different idea, let me know what you think. Uh, Mike says, I'm starting to lose patience with Arteta. I mean... He's not in charge of the transfers. <laughs> he's the guy. He's not going out there doing the negotiations. Edu will be doing all that, as well as Richard Garlic and the scouting department. So uh, if you're frustrated about a lack of transfers, Arteta is not the man that you need to be pointing your target at. Um, Chris says, I'm bored of fans slagging off the club for not selling more players. Clive mentioned an article from Le Grove about how each club in the Premier League have only sold about one player each. And it is really difficult to sell in this market. And it's why the whole theory of if, you know, if Granite Xhaka was a good player, why aren't there more teams in for him? I'm sorry, but there are plenty of players at clubs that want, that the clubs want to move them on and they just aren't seeing any interest in them because the clubs aren't able to buy them because they just don't have the money because the pandemic's impacts. It's the worst window to have to try and sell a lot of players. It really is. It's such a difficult window to sell players in. So I have absolute sympathy for that. It's it's so hard to do, but we still need to get the business done. It may mean just cutting ties of if you're taking accepting a loss 
on a fair few of those players this summer. Uh, Imperative Views says, I've been watching the Olympics and especially Brazil. The Guimarães and Douglas Costa pivot has been great to watch. Both are very good on and off the ball. Uh, do you mean Douglas Luiz rather than Douglas Costa? I've not watched it. You may be right, but I'm assuming you meant Douglas Luiz uh, watching the semifinals today. Um, so there you go. Uh, Christian says that we have a clear plan. Are oh, the infamous words we hear, we heard time and time again? Tell me more, Tom. What's the clear plan, Christian? I've absolutely no idea. <laughs> Tears of disgust says, shouldn't be, shouldn't a good slash the right manager realize at some point that his players are capable of and adjust his tactics and formation to it if his playing style fails until he gets the players of choice? That's what I would say. Yeah, absolutely. I think they should change the system to make it work with the players that you've got. Uh, you're not wrong at all. Jashar says, Tom, I think you're dreaming on an incoming transfers, but it's good to dream. Yeah, I mean, I'd, 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 I'd say I'd love Asensio, but I don't I don't think he's the right man for, for the job at the moment. I don't think he's the right choice, to be honest, no matter how much I like him. So there you go. Uh, Michael Velasquez says, uh, do you think because of the impact of uh, the pandemic, we will sell the Deadwood by either January uh, or by next year? I, I think that you will look at next year maybe or january i think january is probably more likely to see more players be shifted on uh it's a good it's a good window to move on your deadwood because player teams are desperate to add some some numbers in certain positions some backup some cover so that's a better window as we saw in the january of, of 2020 so yeah i think that's probably the more likely window to see some of those players move on uh mick says uh if we can get players in the next few days would they be ready for brentford depends if they've been training with their teams ben white came in played a few played a few training sessions and played against chelsea so yeah absolutely if they've been training their teams they've been playing pre-season sign them bring them in if they've been playing at the olympics like bruno gimaraish probably not um, if they've been playing at the Copper America, maybe not. If they're from England or Italy or any of the semi-final teams, then maybe not. But if they've been playing pre-season, then there's all the possibility that they could still be fit. Absolutely. Chris says, clear plan. Sell players, then buy players. We just can't sell them. It's as simple as that. Iqbal says, Arteta is walking himself to an early sacking. Awful recruitment. Team doesn't seem organised and harsh fixtures. Where's the limelight in this situation? I suppose the limelight will come on on the what is it the 14th of August? Is that the first game? 13th, 13th of August. If we have a good performance against Brentford and beat them, you know, that'll change the mood a bit. But transfers, it's really what's going to change the mood in general. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh Adnan says, Tom, I think we need Jacker too, as not all games are the same, and we need different players for different games. Now, is a good goalkeeper. And we can play from the middle. Uh, it is not compulsory to play from the back. Arsenal, yeah. I know it's not compulsory, Adnan, but it does seem to be under Arteta. And, and that's probably the situation and the problem that we have right now is that whilst you and me think that it's not always the best idea to play out from the back, maybe, although I do think it's the right way in the long term, that they are still going to do that. <laughs> they are still going to play that system because that's the way that they coach. That's the way that they, they've been trained for, for season upon season now under Arteta. So... We'll wait and see as to what happens for sure. Anyway, that is going to finish off today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll be back with you guys this afternoon for the Arsenal Transfer Podcast every Tuesday at 5pm where I'm joined by some of our members from the Discord server where they get the opportunity to come on the, on the show and have their So We've got a couple of Davidsons coming on as well. Looking forward to introducing them to you guys as well. Uh, so looking forward to that. I'll see you again tomorrow. If you don't tune in for that, please do though, uh, for your next update show. Drop a like on the video, 
subscribe if you're new and of course help us out in the football content awards by dropping us a vote information is scrolling across the bottom of your screen and is in the description as well see you soon guys have a fantastic day and as always up the arsenal it's the 90 plus minute all your mates around and you've got a mcnuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget snatching all three points perfection order now on the mcdonald's app for your mcdelivery you in at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.